heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 14. Episode number 14 of the YWC Football Talk podcast. Uh, Today is a very packed episode. It is just me to quote Jason Derulo riding solo. But wait, um, when I say riding solo, I just mean just Phil and I. So if I'm just going to rephrase that... Today's episode does feature actually a collaboration episode with another football podcast that I found on Instagram, the Who Day Nation. Let me get this right. I got to get this right beforehand. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, The Who Day Nation podcast. That is right. So the Who Day Nation podcast is going to be on here in a bit. We're going to talk some Bengals. I wanted to talk to them as well because they do have the first overall pick in the draft, but also to just get a little bit of insights of on what their team is like going forward, thoughts about them, maybe dive in a little bit of what their podcast is about as well. Um, but also, just as I fix my mic, I'm in a bit of a makeshift. I'm in a bit of a different studio today. But a couple things I want to get into beforehand. I just want to send quick, uh, just some of my quick thoughts and prayers and just thinking about Von Miller at this time. He's never really been a player of mine that like I've been too crazy about per se, but... He's a guy right now, you know what, he was. He just came out today via his agent to Ian Rappaport that he does have COVID-19, so Vaughn, we're thinking about you at this tough and difficult time, but you know what, man, you're going to get through this, we're all going to get through this, and hopefully we see football in five months from now. But also, too, um, with today, um, one thing I want to talk about, and this is shout out to Randy Oscar because Randy wanted me to talk about this, and that's the Brandon Cooks trade to uh, Houston. I gotta look up the facts quickly. Um, part of me just doesn't know what the Rams are doing anymore, and this episode's appropriately titled number fourteen because guess I don't know, forgot what number he wore with the Rams, but he, when he was with the Patriots, wore number fourteen. And also, too, fun thing I like to point out um, that well, looking at his page right now, Brandon Tawan Cooks, born about three months before me. Um, Let's see, he won the Blitnikov Award in 2013 at Oregon State. He was the first team All-Pac-12 and a conscientious All-American in 2013. Um, let's go to his professional career right now. He had time with the Saints, Patriots, Rams. He was traded. Cooks in a 2022 fourth-round pick were traded to Houston in exchange for the Texans. Looking at that, just thinking, like, Texans, what the fuck are you guys doing, man? Like, Texans, come on, get your shit together. I come on here a lot, and I pick on the Texans. You want to know why? Because Bill O'Brien's doing an awful job as a general manager. Awful, just awful. Like, with Bill O'Brien, it's one of those things where, you know what? Ugh, just infuriates me. Infuriates me, man. First, you get rid of Hopkins, but you're replacing Hopkins with Cook. But you know what? With Cook's concussion history, he fits in perfectly with that Houston Band-Aid formula. Because, look... Their offensive line still suspect. Their secondary is okay. I know Bradley Roby had some good games last year, but besides that, yeah. Um, linebacking core, if they can stay healthy, with like Whitney Merciless and uh, Bernardrick McKenney, and then you got JJ. You're always going to be good if, as long as JJ Watt, one of the top elite defensive players in the NFL, is healthy. But you know what? Your offensive line still sucks. Your running game is suspect. 
if Lamar Miller can be back and healthy, it's a different story. But you know what? Also, too, their uh, tight end story is a little questionable right now. I know they got, uh, I think, Darren Fells, and then um, someone I I know they have Ryan Griffin, but Ryan Griffin's now with the New York Jets, or the last I remember, at least. But my overall thoughts on the trade, like, it's good for Houston, but at the same time, too, it's like replacing a Ferrari with, like, like an older model Mercedes. Like, I know Hawkins is obviously older than Cooks, but you know what? There's the level of production. Like, Hopkins just, I don't know. He said it was like, comparing it's like, oh, when we had to meet with Aaron Hernandez. But you know what? It's DeAndre fucking Hopkins. I don't know how you get away with replacing that. I don't know. Like, I gotta play some quick media on how to express my thoughts Like, the overall, I found the perfect meme. Shout out to my favorite, favorite, one of my favorite sports commentators for this quote. Hopefully there is no commercial, because I'm going to YouTube. But. How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on? And that's my thoughts on the Houston moves. Um, The other thing I was also thinking about, too, is the schedule coming out. Um, they announced that it will not be out until probably May 9th at the latest, so that's at least another three weeks, potentially. Hopefully it's uh, sooner than... Uh, hopefully it's a little sooner than later. Sorry, Who Day is just messaging me so we can uh, get this thing going. Uh, just let, I'm just going to let him know. Sorry, dead airspace. Blah, blah, blah. Losing my thought, losing my thought. Blah! But you know what? No. Um, the one thing that I want to focus on with this show, and back to the schedule. The schedule usually comes out around either like yesterday, today, sometime this week. But you know what? We don't know for a few weeks because part of me thinks that the NFL doesn't really know where they are yet. And um, I heard Florio say this, and I'm also going to talk about something he talked about quickly. Um, that the NFL, hopefully, I hope they don't plan on the fly. I hope they do make a schedule, but they also have a plan B locked away and secure for if this coronavirus uh, situation gets extended further on. Um, and also, before I go quickly onto the, I'm also just, I don't want to talk about the DAC thing just because it makes me angry. Like, no matter the size of the party, like, just why do you need to see friends right now? Be with the people you love with. Be with your mom. Be with your dad. Be with, like, your immediate family. Make the loved one, too. Maybe, yes. You don't need to see your buddies right now. I understand, like, look, teammates, maybe family, and then Zeke's, like, if you're just hanging out with your place with Zeke or whatever, like, playing ball, that's fine. But you know what? You're the you're the franchise player for one of the most important NFL franchises out there. I know. I hate the Dallas Cowboys, too. But you know what? The Dallas Cowboys are America's team. And when you're America's team leader having house parties during the coronavirus, it's just a bad look overall. So, Dak, get your shit together, man. you got to focus on the season. That's all I'm going to say about that. And also, too, the virtual draft, love it. Coming this Sunday, we are recording. So, if you are listening before Sunday, on Sunday, April... Fuck, I hold up the date. April 19th, we will be recording the draft podcast live on YouTube. But also, too, I will be recording it for GarageBand, which is how I get my audio. So, we'll be live on my YouTube at Main Mark Murph. If you don't know, I'm also a wrestling fan so that's why ywc comes from youtube wrestling community but also to um so we will be live on there for youtube i will link my channel in the description for this podcast but also to the podcast will be released on all audio platforms like as it is now but anyway guys when we come back 
the Who Day Nation podcast and I will be discussing all things Cincinnati Bengals. And maybe a little Skyline Chili, who knows. And we are back on the YWC Football Talk podcast. Now joining the podcast, I have the um, from the Who Day Nation news and the host of the Who Day Nation podcast, like I said. Oh, I am screwing this up right now, but you know what? Who Day Nation news, and he is the host of the Who Day Nation podcast. Welcome to the YWC Football Talk podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be on this episode. No problem. We are less than a week away from the hopefully first ever and only NFL virtual draft. And I want to talk quickly. Um, oh, we're getting some feedback issues. But I got to ask, are you excited to have Joe Burrow on your team? Absolutely. I've never been looking more forward to a draft than I have this year. We've never needed a quarterback more since I've been a fan than this year. It's the spark we've always needed, uh, what the fans have always have hoped for, for a great quarterback, and hopefully we'll get it, and I absolutely cannot wait. I've been counting down the days since about 180, ever since they beat Alabama, I've been counting it down, down to seven, only one week away, I, I just can't wait. Same, I just can't, I personally can't wait for the draft just because of, uh, it's just a draft and it'll be a good reason to get away, but for you guys, it's just... It's you guys getting your... I am, just just give us a second, folks. I'm just going to fix something. Sorry about that, folks. We just had a bit of uh, technical difficulties. Basically, Zoom decided to not work. So now, on the via the phone, I have uh, Houdé Nation News back with me. Um, let's just talk more about... I was not going to say Joe Burrow, but like like we said, we already talked about Joe Burrow, but let's just you man you go on and talk give give me all your love to joe burrow already the soon-to-be cincinnati Bengal. well i mean I, I could discuss it for a long time but pretty much a short run up like we've we've been wanting elite quarterback play for years and years you win by your quarterback and for the past nine years dalton really hasn't cut it he's been average but Burroughs seems to be the guy, if anybody can save our franchise and uh, get us a playoff one and hopefully if ever won a super, we would ever win a Super Bowl, I believe Burrow could do it. With the agency, the people that we've signed, and with Burrow, it, there's so much to look forward to as a Bengal fan. The sky is the limit. It's just it's one week away. It just I, I just can't wait until we actually draft him and make it official. Exactly, too, and I just hope that a uh, coach like Zach Taylor can use him right, just because a lot of the times you get these uh, guys out of college, but if they're not used properly, it can kind of be a uh, bit of a bad thing towards the team, but I, I'm fully confident in uh, Zach Taylor. Uh, yeah, I am, too. Um, Dalton didn't really play. Dalton probably had his worst season last year, but um, there were some things I liked about Taylor. Uh, play calling wasn't great, but it's kind of hard to do play calls when clearly Dalton was never the guy to begin with. Burrow seems like the guy, and the, the play calls should be a lot better. And just the offense with him, Mixon, Green, uh, John Ross, the speed, Tyler Boyd, and Alden Tate. Give them a year or two, and they'll have a top five offense. I, I, I'm trying not to be biased, but I, I, it's just really hard not to. Burrow is the best quarterback uh, prospect. Uh, since Andrew Luck, and that's been like nearly 10 years ago. There, there's 
they should be really good in the next couple of years. Don't be afraid of being biased at all. I know here we tried, even myself too, like, like I, I love the NFL and there's a couple of, well, I'm about to say this, my favorite team just lost a franchise quarterback and I'm not afraid to be biased about my situation on that. But um, well, the other thing I was going to say too is what's your overall ceiling for like wins this year, expectations? Like how many games do you think Burrow can win for the Bengals? Well, kind of like I just mentioned, you, you win and die by your quarterback. How we did for, uh, through, throughout uh, for agency, even though Burrow is not good, but he has glimpses of like, potential. And if he's below average, I still think we can win about four games. If he plays average, I think we can win five or six. If he plays as good as what he did this past season, I, I, I really don't know. I think we can... The ceiling for us, I think, could be nine wins. That sounds kind of ridiculous coming from a team that just won had two wins this past year. But we had, um, I think, I believe it was six or seven uh, games that we played and we lost by one possession. If you have a good quarterback, which we clearly did not with Dalton, you win at least half those games. So with uh, our new... uh, Basically, complete team with all the free agents and Burrow and the draft picks coming on soon. There's a lot to look forward to, and I think the ceiling is nine wins. Yeah, and I'm just looking here too quickly at signings because I know the one area, the bad area of focus last year, like you're saying, you win or lose a lot of those close games. Um, a lot of defensive improvements. Like I like the signing of like a DJ Reader. Uh, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, Vaughn Bell too, coming over from New Orleans. I believe he's in. I know he went to Ohio State, but I'm not sure. I'm just gonna. Let's see quickly. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, no, he's from Tennessee, but he went to Ohio State. Just adding guys like that in your defense, the only thing I really think you guys need just to work on pretty much is getting a tight end. And because uh, I know Eifert went to the Jaguars and then adding in some more offensive linemen. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we'll be getting Burrow with our first round pick. Depending who's available in the second round, we may uh, use a second round pick by offensive linemen. Um, I like Cedric Ruiz a lot, the Michigan offensive lineman. He can play center, but he won't be playing center because we recently signed uh, Trey Hopkins to an extension. He can also play guard, which he'll probably start at guard, or even uh, right tackle to replace uh, Bobby Hart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cesar Ruiz is a guy that I've been I, – I was actually looking at the Giants to maybe get him, but you know what, if first – because I believe Cincinnati has first round – I'm just going to quickly – yeah, you guys have the 33rd overall pick as well. If you guys can go in there and get Caesar, if he's Caesar's still sitting there at thirty-three, which I project he will, you guys, I think, need to draft him. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, Caesar Ruiz is really the only offensive lineman I would draft at thirty-three. If you if you want Austin Jackson, you trade back and get him, and you get an extra draft pick. If Ezra Cleveland, if you want him, you trade back and get an extra and extend it with the other offensive lineman. I just think Ruiz is easily the best uh, player for them at 33 if he's available because he's so versatile to play multiple positions. And that's really key for the offensive. Exactly. If Pretty much now the formula to win in the NFL simply is what, besides having a good overall offense, you need a good offensive line and you need a good front four on your defense. Like, look at a team like the Indianapolis Colts, who a year ago with Jacoby Brissett were shaky, but 
because of that offensive line and adding Phillip Rivers, they're just like they're being looked at as one of the more premier teams in the NFL now. So, like you said, if Cincinnati is going to be a lethal offense in a few years, if they add in the right offensive lineman, what's stopping them from being a good team? Uh, yeah, uh, right tackle, I think, is the main. Uh, right tackle and guard is really the main thing, I believe, is stopping us from our uh, offense being uh, elite. Obviously, it's kind of ridiculous to already uh, talk about your offense being elite, but when you have Burrow and all the weapons that we have, I think we really can't have an elite offense. You know, we just have to work on the offense line. But at the same time, the offense line is not nearly as good as what people think. You look at the games last year, Dalton got sacked plenty of times, but at the same time, Dalton just stood in the pocket. He didn't really move in the pocket much like he used to. He was never really mobile, but he could at least like throw it away. You look at Burrow, he's really uh, mobile and can escape uh, sacks and not get sacked. He might get pressure, but he can still complete a pass. And that's the thing I like about Burrow. Uh, a little more for him than having Dalton. And I, I just really think the offense line is not as bad as what people think. But we still need to upgrade at the same time. Exactly, and like with it, when you have a quarterback like a uh, Joe Burrow who can move around, and also to having good pocket awareness, it just makes your team that much better. Like myself here, and I did this before you came on. I like I talked about the Brandon Cooks trade mainly because that's the one big part of news besides the draft basically being announced as virtual, or the whole like how teams are not even in their own facilities but they're in their own house. But I was saying too, like how Houston's got a weak offensive line, but because of a guy like a Deshaun Watson, they're a much better team because Deshaun's able to get out of the pocket. Even though he does get sacked, he's still able to get yards or scramble. Like you said, with Dalton, you don't get so much of that. You get more pocket pressure. Meanwhile, like a Burrow, you're going to get less pocket pressure. Even if he goes down, look, hey, he may gain a few yards here or there. Instead of being like second in 13 or 14, you're second in like seven or six. Yeah, um, you need a <clears throat> you need a great offensive line for average quarterback. You need an okay offensive line for a great quarterback. And somebody like Burrow, who's one of the best quarterback prospects ever, and with our offensive line, I think he'll still be able to do uh, be really good. Uh, the offensive line will be better than it was with Dalton, but it's like. Um, this, even though the offensive line uh, is bad at times, Burrow can elevate them and still get that uh, ball thrown and complete a pass or get out and make the offensive line not look as bad as Dalton has the past few years. Exactly. The only loss I'm seeing here really on the offensive line was uh, Cordy Glenn, but he was just released. But, like, yeah, even, like you said, too, just with everything, too, like, Dalton, you can clearly tell it's like his time was up and he really wasn't. Basically, to quote Dennis Green, he like we all like he was who we thought he, he was like you just Dalton got exposed too easily and we also kind of knew that yeah his play wasn't as good as it always had been and like we said to Marvin Lewis was it was right to move on from him but you know what I feel like the future is uh, bright with Zach Taylor yeah going into the year um, I was actually high on Dalton because I, I I've said for a couple years I would like to see Dalton with a different coach other than Lewis. And, like, we brought in Taylor, and he just wasn't really good. The first game of the year against the Seahawks, he threw for over 400 yards. In his first game with Taylor, he threw for 400 yards. His whole career, and his eight-year career up to this uh, season, he never threw for uh, 400 yards in a game. 
and like like he might actually be good and stuff. That was and then the rest of the season he continued to decline every single day. Beginning of the year, he had high hopes for us. Like nearly beat the Seahawks and at Seattle, which is a very uh, tough place to win at. Dalton played good. And so like pretty much besides that game, he was just complete trash the entire season. You know, even I'm looking here too, just so that you guys like overall like win loss record just via actually Wikipedia, seeing like your two wins, but also to like you like you said the Seattle game, uh, and other games you could like other games was close was like the Bills game week three, Arizona, Baltimore week six, Jacksonville, um, the game in, in Oakland, uh, the game against Pittsburgh and your home, the one loss versus Cleveland, and then the. Uh, Overtime thriller week sixteen Cincinnati Miami which honestly like when going into that game at first like I'm like not to say anything rude or anything but like I you don't think much of that game just because it's two of the weaker teams in the NFL but honestly watching the game just like on red zone and everything I actually turned off red zone to watch that game because it was just so exciting. Uh yeah, if, if that was the Patriots and the Steelers, to me that's clearly the game of the year, like without question. And because it's too uh, – the Bengals aren't a great franchise. But, like, those are two worst teams in the league at that point, and they put on a great game. But if they were some of the bigger franchises and bigger market teams, I think lots of people would not consider to be the game of the year. And you mentioned uh, losses by one possession. Dalton was below average. This was 100% his worst season ever as a Bengal. But if you had an average quarterback, you win at least two, maybe three of those games. If you have an elite quarterback, you could potentially win all those games. Because you win and die by your quarterback, depending how good he is. If he's off one day, you're probably not going to win. But if he's on fire, more than likely, you're going to win. Exactly. It's all about the quarterback. And also, too, sometimes, like, what you use around him is, like, even though, two people can go, like, oh, he didn't have any weapons out there. But, like, you sure, like, I know you guys have Auden Tate, you have John Roster, AJ Green was hurt most of last year. But that's another big key for 2020, in my opinion, for you guys, is the big if A.J. Green can stay healthy. Because if he stays healthy, he's a all not – I'd like to say all pro, but he is a potential Pro Bowl receiver if he can put up the same numbers he has in years past. If he can stay healthy, he's a top 10 wide receiver. I like him a lot, but the healthy part is a big issue. And this – I really disagree with most Bengal fans, like, talking about Green. Oh, we should extend him. Uh, it's like a three-year-old, 48 or 40-something, whatever like that. Um, we recently franchised had him, and I was 100% against it. I mean, Green's one of my favorite players all the time. But at the same time, you have to do what's best for the team. Green's a great player when he's totally but he's not always healthy. He, you can't depend on him to play in a game. And seventeen, eighteen million for a franchise tag for somebody who has only played nine games last two seasons is just ridiculous. If we assigned him thirteen or fourteen, I would have been okay with it. But you also, at the same time, have to uh, save some more money, get some uh, other uh, top trades too, and sign your other guys like Nixon coming up soon and uh, William uh, Jackson, the corner, coming up soon too. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, going to another team quickly, like, you obviously know that the uh, Christian McCaffrey deal was um, signed there, and 
how like and basically it's going back to a team like the New York Giants with uh, Dave Gettleman saying, "Oh, we don't want to draft a defensive lineman, which or even sign one." Where people are looking at him like, "You should sign Jadavian Clowney for whatever money you can now because they're going to have to pay a guy like Saquon Barkley in the future." So, and even to like it, look at a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, even like with Travis Kelsey, who's on a sweetheart deal right now, eventually like he, he's going to need to get paid. Patrick Mahomes is going to definitely going to need to get paid. It just that like what you said there just rings a bell with no matter the NFL franchise, whether it be the Cincinnati Bengals or any thirty one teams, you gotta sign the guys now to smart money so that you have the big money to spend on your marquee players down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Like the past uh, year or so we've signed some people that I've not agreed with or even uh, signed some extensions that I've not agreed with at all. And but those aren't really key contributors. Like this past season, we signed a large extension. I believe it was two years for 12 or something like that. And Bernard's okay. He's a good backup, but I'm not going to pay him that much money to be a backup. $6 million is just ridiculous. Somebody who's not really getting that much carries and will never be a running back uh, uh, one for us again. And it's just, I don't You have to be smart with your money, like you said. You have to know what you're doing. You have to do what's best for the team, most important. You might sign somebody for a depth deal, but you can use that you can use that extra couple million and get somebody like a big corner, a big wire receiver, just something like that. It could be a huge contributor to your team instead of somebody instead of spending uh, useless money. It's like even to I remember Minis- I'm just gonna bring up the Vikings quickly because I know that you guys signed two Minnesota Vikings secondary guys which you signed the two right ones because, let's be honest, Xavier Rhodes is burnt toast on most nights last year. But, like, like the only reason he was, wasn't was cut from the Vikings was because it, the money was too much to just let him go. And you don't want to get yourself in that situation where I know with the NFL there's a whole guaranteed money, but you still got to pay someone. And if you're still paying for someone for mediocre performances, it just looks bad on the general manager. I completely uh, agree. It's like with uh, the point, we still have him. He's going to be 16, 17, 18. But we're more than likely to win with us now. But it's like, we still have him on the team, and we should. He should have been gone on his birthday, the day of the trade deadline, for like a fourth or fifth round pick. Now the draft is on it. Who are you going to? You're going to be drafting a quarterback in the fourth round. Let's say I have Jake Prime drops to the fourth round, which is very, very unlikely. Would you rather have Jake Prime for a rookie contract with like one million, or sign a un, uh, below average quarterback and you don't for sixteen months? It's it's just ridiculous how uh, some teams can uh, mismanage uh, money for players. It's like it's just a mix too of mismanaging money with a lot of these NFL teams, but also to mismanaging coaching staffs and not making the right hires. That's why I was saying. I'm high on Zach Taylor. Meanwhile, like like I was going to go back to them, like with the New York Giants, you got a guy like Joe Judge. You don't know what you're going to get, like with Pat Shermer, like with Steve Wilkes, who had the year in Arizona, and then he went to Cleveland as a defensive coordinator, and now he's out of a job. If you got, you got to make the right money moves, and you got to make the right coaching hires, because if you have the right talent, but you the coaching's just, let's just, for lack of a better term, sucks, it's a waste on the person's career and opportunity. That's why... Partnering a guy like Joe Burrow with a Zach Taylor who knows what he's doing offensively because even though he dealt with Jared Goff, he was with the Rams when the Rams were good. Now the Rams suck. 
or not suck. We don't really know what they what like we don't know who they are. Um, it's just more confidence to not only to the team but to the fans, where it's like, hey, we got a match made in heaven here with a good head coach and a good uh, let's say good probably a quarterback who had one of the greatest collegiate years in college football history. Uh, yeah, I, uh, Taylor only when he signs him. I, I was I was kind of skeptical about it because I liked um, uh, Eric the Enemy a lot, but um, Taylor brings some fire and energy to the team that it desperately needed when there really wasn't much hope, and we had Lewis for such a long time. And Taylor and Burrow hopefully will be a great pair, like uh, Belichick and a Brady. But if we still had. Um, Lewis right now, I cannot imagine Burrow and Lewis. I think that would be a disaster. But with Taylor and Burrow, offensive-minded guy, offense coordinator before different places, I think that the match made in heaven could be um, really, really good for us. Exactly, and I also um I look at the Zach Taylor hiring in a way like a lot of probably Cardinal fans looked at the way Cliff Kingsbury was hired last year. But look, Cliff Kingsbury with Kyler Murray is great, and now my – I'm, I don't know if you do this on your podcast or not, or if you've done this, but I did. I did a um, set of just like crazy predictions already, even like like far out six months away. I think the Arizona Cardinals can make the playoffs. So if you have a season where you know what Joe Burrow comes in, because I know Kyler Murray last year I believe won five games. If Burrow wins five games but lights the world on fire in those like wins or even has those close games too against good teams. Like, what's stopping from 21 from people going, okay, Cincinnati's a playoff team. Like, they are uh, they probably won't. Uh, I don't know how close you guys are, like, to soon to maybe catching Baltimore because obviously Baltimore's had an amazing year this year. But when you have Cleveland where we don't know who they are and Pittsburgh who could soon be looking for a new quarterback, anything's possible. Um, uh, yeah, I think once we get Burrow – I'm not trying to be biased. I absolutely hate the Steelers, but when you look at the roster, not necessarily on the field, but on paper, we're 10 times better. You look at our offense and their offense. We have Burrow, Nixon, Boy, Kate, Ross, Green. They have Roethlisberger, old, injury-prone, Juju Smith, and James Conner, who's injury-prone. They have a really, really, really good defense. But you don't win with defense. You win with offense. You just have to have an okay defense and a really good offense to win. Offenses don't win anymore. Uh, defenses don't win anymore. Offense wins. And you look at the Browns. Uh, <clears throat> you don't know what you're going to get. They could beat the Ravens one day and then lose the Dolphins the next. I think the Ravens win the division, but I don't know. I think teams will um, stop Jackson better. I think they'll have a down year, but more than likely, I still think the Ravens will win the division. Exactly. Like, I also said this, too, actually, in one of my first episodes when we were looking at the divisional round. And I, I, I've said this again, too. With the Ravens, I just I do not believe... Like, the regular season, for me, for them, I don't care what they do. It's what they do in January. Because, like you said, they're probably going to win the division. Um, But I, I think the win probably still... I think they'll go somewhere between 11 to 14, somewhere in there. 14's like a very far out. I think it'll be 12 or 13. But you're right with Cleveland. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, one week it's, oh, look, they're great. They're going to beat the Ravens. And the next week, oh, look, they laid an egg against the Miami Dolphins. Like, I believe – I'm trying to think. I th- I'm just trying to remember what happened in that game exactly. But 
and also too, just with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I've really started to hate Juju, considering he's more about like playing Fortnite than racking up fantasy points for people. But oh, I hate him. yeah, um, I can I I don't blame you at all for that. Like you hating the Pittsburgh Steelers, like I've just never had an opinion on them. But the the AFC North is a very interesting division, even to like look at a team like Cleveland, who's got their Baker Mayfield third year quarterback, his fourth head coach. That's just like you know how I was saying you got to make the right hires. If I'm Cleveland and I'm a fan base, you're praying that Kevin Stefanski works out. Because if Kevin Stefanski works out, it's going to be everyone probably gone and it's scrap again. Meanwhile, Cincinnati, there's actually a glimmer of hope coming through the light. Uh, yeah. uh, I didn't really fully answer that from the uh, last question. You were talking about Eagles that we uh, won five or six games this year, kind of like the Cardinals did this past season. Oh. We were talking about teams uh, uh, winning. I don't really. It was doing five or six games this year, and we had tons of potential, and we nearly beat some top teams. The media will not talk about us. I guarantee you, like the um, Cardinals, uh, they are right now, because it's just the the media hates us. Burrow said he would play for us. He would play. He gladly play for us. If anybody can change the Bengals, it would be us. Uh, it would be him. But ESPN and Fun Network. All the top uh, um, sports networks have not mentioned it once. And even if we win for the playoffs, they're talking about, oh, uh, we've not won a playoff game in so many uh, years. You look at us compared to the Browns, at least we can at least get to the playoffs. I mean, even though you can't win a playoff game, it's still good that you're good enough to get to the playoffs. I, I didn't really answer that uh, full question. Oh, and the, talking about the Browns, what their coach, uh, good fits. I don't really like that fit at all. I thought Mark, uh, Mike McCarthy would have been a good one. He's not really great, but I, I think McCarthy would have been better than the guy they have right now. Yeah, um, a couple things too quickly with the Cleveland Browns. I remember last year everybody saying like, oh, hey, this team could potentially win the AFC North. I just laughed and said, um, this team won no games two years ago. Why should we believe in them now? Like, I know OBJ is a world-class talent. But I just didn't believe it. But also, too, as good as Kevin Stefanski could be, I think it was a bit of a desperation hire. I feel because I apparently there was a rumor with that Minnesota San Francisco playoff game this year, the loser between Stefanski and Sala was going to get the job. I feel like they should have waited and waited for Robert Sala because guys like Eric Bieniemy and Robert Sala are going to be very good head coaches one day, in my opinion. Yeah, I can. Uh, I really agree with that. Exactly, and Cleveland also too has just made weight. Like, like honestly, for Cleveland, like part of me, like I know you probably don't feel bad for them, but like part of me just like kind of like you kind of want to see them succeed just for like more of the fans' sake. Because also too, I know a few people who are fans of the Browns, but at the same time too, they just shoot themselves in the own foot. And also too, them reinventing their uniforms is literally taking their stripes from the shoulder, from the shoulder to the arm. Like that's not reinventing; that's just a marketing scheme to get fans to spend hundreds of dollars on jerseys. Uh, yeah, I don't want them to do good, really, at the 
up until the they uh, drafted Mayfield, I really never really had anything big against them. Like I, I didn't like them obviously because they're a rival, but to say I hated them like the Steelers, I didn't. But with with Mayfield and their fans now being so arrogant, saying they'll win a division when they can't even get uh, freaking five hundred. And like saying they're the best team in Ohio and all that uh, crap is just uh, really annoying. And yeah, I, I prefer not to see them do good. Just yeah, they're they're dis- they're they're uh, dysfunctional. There's no other way for it. You have Mayfield, you have Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Najoku, uh, um, Beckham, and you still can't win eight games. That's also, the one problem for me too is is that their best player on the other side of the ball. Um, I don't want to get in. I don't want to get, and I kind of want to refuse it. Getting into the whole if Mason Rudolph said anything racist towards Garrett, but at the same time too, you can't do that, especially when you're a marquee player on a team like that in prime time. Like I feel like if what Garrett did in, on a Sunday game at one o'clock, it, like it, people are talking about it, but it's not as magnified. The fact that it happens on a Thursday night in prime time sparked it to like a lot more basically it's like putting gasoline on a fire uh yeah if uh, i'm not comparing like apples to oranges like him and perfect but if the Bengals were playing the Steelers and perfect did that he would be banned from the nfl he would be banned from the pixel when it's still had the cfl and everything but i was garrett was like he should have done that like you mentioned, I don't really want to like get all of the who said what type of thing. But it's just really ridiculous. But his suspension was so, so lit. And that goes back to the dysfunctional um, talk that I was uh, mentioning about. When you have all those players, you don't win enough games, and then that happens, you're, you're the same that you were six or seven years ago. Just better players, and you're not good. Yeah, it's like your true identity comes out there. And even to, like, the NFL's weird how it's just like, okay, yeah, he's reinstated, but then it's like, he's got us. I, I still feel like he should be out the first six games of the year. Um, who knows when those will be played. I, like I said at the beginning of the top, hopefully there's football in September. I think there will be. But, because I think the NFL is going to drag out the situation, obviously, with coronavirus for as long as they can. But, but we'll just wait and see. Exactly. I can picture it would just be like a huge kick in the balls to Bengals fans. But like, yeah, like I'd ra- I'd much rather watch um, a season with no fans. Like for me too, it's not a big deal. It's like uh, I know you're from Ohio. I'm from I'm from Canada. But just to have like on the Sundays and in, in the fall to there be no football, like people would just go insane. Yeah, I don't even really, really think about it because I've, like, literally, how I, I mentioned the Alabama game when LSU beat Alabama, and that was 
Burroughs, like, coming out party. Ever since then, oh, I'm dead set on Burroughs. Cannot wait till the season. If they don't have one, it would absolutely suck. I I just went through the B-football. I don't care if fans are allowed. I don't care if fans are allowed. As long as the Bengals and the NFL has a season this year, that's all I'm looking forward to. But you, like, I'm just going to get off the subject because you know what, man? Let's cross that bridge when we get there. For now, we've got a draft to worry about for you guys. Next Thursday night is like Christmas morning for NFL fans. Where, in the sense for Bengals fans, it's going to be just like waiting for Roger Goodell to say Burrow's name. For Burrow to put on that new, like the cool, I believe they're doing like black, all blacked out hats with like the day on the side. For Bengals and other uh, slogans for other teams. But I just know you guys are count. You, I can tell, like you, like you said, you've been counting down for five months now. It's one week to go before you guys get that name called up. Like you mentioned, it's like Christmas morning, and you ask for a brand new car, like a, a red Mustang or whatever, like a brand new car. It just came out, and you you know you're getting it. But it's like it's not really real until it actually happens. Is that that type of deal? That analogy. It's the whole, spe- it's just speculating now, like, oh, are we going to get it? Are we going to get it? I asked for this. I want this. It's just that, it's just that waiting. Like how I said, it's a week before Christmas and you start to see the presents getting wrapped under the tree. Next Thursday night, you get to open that gift to see, or like, for example, like how you're saying with a brand new car, I'd be like, hey, let's go to the garage. There's a gift out here for you. And you walk up to the garage and there's that red Mustang with a bow on it. Yeah. It's like you guys for a car. For so, so long, years and years and years, that's something you've like never expected, and it's exceeded your expectations. And I know this is like a simple analogy, but literally, we cannot wait for Burrow. People like Bungle for Burrow type of deal started really back in September and October. Like, we cannot wait to get Burrow and have him officially be an uh, Exactly, man. Exactly, man. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about on today's show? Uh, no, that really, uh, is about it. All okay, right. Uh, sounds good, man. Uh, do you just want to like, plug your information one more time so people can give you a follow on, uh, Instagram? Um, Huda Nation News, Huda Nation underscore news on Instagram, Huda Nation News on Twitter without the underscore with two ends in between. And host uh, the Huda Nation podcast on Instagram. We've do, we're doing uh, mock drafts, and we've got to do some interviews with some draft prospects recently. Uh, it's been uh, real fun to do. All right, well, sounds good. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to be on today's show, man. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. You have a good one. Uh, you too. All right. Thank you once again to Who Day Nation Podcast, Who Day Nation News, on Instagram, on Twitter. Like he said, follow him and give the show a listen to. Also, let's just pull this up quickly. Just gonna pull up his Instagram one more time. Who Day Nation underscore news. So give them a follow. But thank you very much to him for joining us. Hopefully, uh, he gets that red Mustang that is known as Joe Burrow next Thursday. Uh, I'm just gonna wrap it up very quickly right here for episode 14. A very namely fit episode for. Uh, quarterback named Andy Dalton, the former quarterback of the Cincinnati, soon to be former quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, anyway, guys, that's all for today's episode. I got nothing else left. I'm saving up all my energy for that mock draft podcast coming this very Sunday. But for now, 
I'm going to tell you this. We have a lot of guests coming on. It's probably going to be at least a four to five man podcast, potentially six, seven, eight. Who knows how many people we're going to get on. It's going to be a long one. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to be live on YouTube for that Sunday. So look forward to that on my YouTube, Main Mark Murph. I'm going to link the channel in my description. Go give my content another watch um, or watches. But you know what, guys? Thank you very much for listening. It's just a quick episode. But you know what, guys? Thank you. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And hopefully this is a nice distraction for you guys from all from your social distancing and your self-isolations and your quarantines. I know I'm saying a lot. I know I'm rambling. But you know what, guys? Thank you very much for listening. Like, comment. Like on the pod. Uh, comment. I'm doing a YouTube outro right now. But you know what, guys? Like this podcast. Subscribe to it. Available on all podcast forms. I'm going to pull up my uh, Anchor page right now so I can tell you guys exactly which platforms we're available on because on my YouTube live stream on Tuesday night I kind of fucked up and misinformed you guys on where we're actually available so yeah that was a me thing I'm gonna view the public website but oh look my viewership total place has gone up and also too guys uh thank I just want to do some quick shouts thank you very much to the um, out of all my viewership we have some listeners in Ireland so shout out to the people listening to this in Ireland but we're available on Spotify Radio Public Podcast, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts, as well as the Anchor app. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Have a good day. Stay safe. Keep washing your hands. And I cannot look forward. I cannot look more forward. I cannot wait for Sunday's draft podcast. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.